I received a disturbing email from a missionary serving overseas the other day that mentioned a relationship challenge he and his wife were facing. It's an issue most of us have had to handle at one time or another also. Namely, how to relate with high-maintenance people. Hmm. It's the subject of today's show, where you will hear a few ideas for how you can deal with this challenge. I also explain why I found this missionary's email troublesome. And it's not what you might think. Well, before we get into all this, here's Carol. Welcome to You Were Made For This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Hey, thank you, Carolyn. Yes, it's me, John Sertalic, author and relationship coach, here to help you find more joy in the relationships God designed for you. If you're new to the podcast, the easiest way to access all past and future episodes is to go to johnsertalic.com. That's John with an H and Sertalic with a C-E-R-T-A-L-I-C dot com. Then click on the follow or subscribe button on the home page. And now about that troublesome email I got about high-maintenance people. I am one of many on the mailing list of the missionary who sent it, who in connection with his missionary role, pastors a church overseas. The email came from him and his wife with news they heard from their adult daughter while they were out of town. For confidentiality reasons, I've changed the names of the people mentioned in the email. It begins with this. Emily, one of our Extra Grace church members, had died alone in her apartment. It wasn't a big surprise. She had been in and out of the hospital more times than we can count. For most of us, her passing left us with a confusing mix of relief and sadness. She constantly challenged the limits of love and patience. She loved Jesus, but sadly died without being reconciled with her own family. And Jared was her pastor for over 20 years. Not always an easy job. This must have been written by Jared's wife referring to him by name as she did. Well, the first thing that jumps out at me is the descriptive term they use for the woman who died, extra grace church member. From the context of the email, you can tell extra grace church member is code for a high-maintenance person who wears people out and who requires us to extend extra grace to maintain our sanity. Something like that, anyway. And I'll come back to this term in a minute or so. I feel for this missionary pastor and his wife. Many of us have been in high-maintenance relationships like this that tax our energy. The times I've been in situations like this, I want to hide or flee. But as a pastor, you don't have that option. People like this come with the territory. But here's why I find the missionary's email troubling. It's the description of the woman as 
one of our Extra Grace church members. I first came across this concept at a church we were at years ago. Janet and I were on the Congregational Care Committee and would meet periodically to help with this important function of the church. At one particular meeting, we were given a list compiled by one of the pastoral staff of six to eight people at our church who had various needs. Their names were listed together with what they needed. Things like hospital visits, meals for people getting out of the hospital, rides to church, you know, things like that. Next to one of the names on this list was a note with the initials E-G-R. I wasn't familiar with E-G-R, so I asked what it meant. I was told it meant extra grace required, E-G-R. It referred to the person as being very needy, expecting a lot from the church staff, and who expressed displeasure when those needs were not met. I've got to admit, I cringed inside when I heard this. What if that list got out to the person, or anyone else for that matter, and EGR was explained to them? Who else is an EGR person in the church? Am I on that list too, people might wonder? When we label people, it ends up becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. Please don't do this. Please don't label people like this. It can cause so much harm. Euphemisms and label like this grow out of frustration, but they end up separating us from each other. So, What's, what's behind this kind of labeling and view of people? I'm sure it starts with pure motives. People like the missionary who sent the email and the pastoral staff want to help. They want to minister to people. That's why most of them get into ministry in the first place. They feel called by God to do what they do. And I hope the same can be said of the rest of us, that while we may not be a missionary or pastor, that we want to care for people, that we want to help each other. You know, it's wired into our DNA at some level because we are all created in the image and likeness of God. There's a little bit of God's character in all of us. Given all this, Let's consider the source of the problem of relating to high-maintenance people. It's easy to say the problem is with those people who are a pain in the neck with their demands and all that they require of us. In reality, though, the problem is us, not them. People become high-maintenance to us largely because we let them. In some cases, we've trained them to be needy in their relationship with us. We do so mostly because we lack the skill to relate well with high-maintenance people. And it's no wonder. For pastors and missionaries, how to relate well with difficult people isn't normally taught in seminaries or Bible colleges. And the rest of us haven't been taught either. 
Well, that's the bad news. The good news is that we can learn the skill we need to deal with the needy. One skill that would be helpful to learn in situations like this is to apply the aura model of relationships that we've talked about a number of times. O-R-A. Observe. Reflect. Act. O-R-A. Let's look at this skill by starting with O. Observe. It goes like this. Ask ourselves, what patterns of behavior do you see in the high-maintenance person? Not in isolated events, but patterns. What are the things that trigger those patterns? Is there one specific behavior that bothers me? Or is it a constellation of behaviors? Is the person high-maintenance with just me? Or is he or she like this with other people too? How long has a person been so needy? Do you have any idea of when this person started being high-maintenance? Or have they always been this way? So start with observing things in the other person. Then we also need to observe what's going on inside of me. It's about self-awareness, one of the most important relational skills there is. Is there anything that high-maintenance people trigger within me? What buttons might people like this be pushing in me? Am I a people-pleaser? And as hard as I try, there's just no pleasing the high-maintenance person in my life. Am I trying to prove something to myself or someone else in keeping people happy? Is saying no to people hard on me? And if it is, why? And is it possible that my identity is so wrapped up in helping people that I kind of like it when they're needy? But only in the beginning, (laughs) until they wear me out. Well, again, that's observe. Observe things in others, and then observe things within ourselves. Then we move on to reflect. After making these observations, we need to reflect. For example, reflect upon what's been done up to this point to deal with the needs of the high-maintenance person. What's worked and what hasn't? What other options do I have? To what extent have I been truthful with the high-maintenance person in my life? Then, reflect upon my limits. Have I exceeded them? Do I need more margin in my life in order to have the emotional energy to relate with the high-maintenance people and others in my life? You know, every time I say yes to what high-maintenance people ask of me means that I'm also saying no to something else. What is it costing me in other areas of my life to relate with needy people like this? Reflect upon what might be causing this high-maintenance person to be the way they are. Take a guess. You know, every behavior has a payoff. So what could be the payoff to the person being difficult to me and to others? What's in it for them to act like this? 
And then another question to reflect upon is this. Is it possible that their behavior is really a manifestation of a mental illness? Hmm. We can also reflect upon what have I done in the past when I just didn't know what to do. Are there some people who could help me in helping the high-maintenance person in my life? We can reflect upon what Jesus would do in the situation that we're in. We should also reflect upon what would be the loving thing to do. Not the nice thing, but the loving thing. What would benefit the high-maintenance person the most long-term? And then reflect on this thought. Do I already know what I should do, but I'm just reluctant to do it? Finally, after we observe and reflect, it's time to act in relating with the high-maintenance people in our life. Ask God for wisdom in doing so. He'll show you what to do. Reflect his character and image well in whatever action you take. You know, doing nothing can be a wise option as long as it's carefully thought out and considered in light of all the variables in play. It has to be intentional and not a default response. Also, the answer to what should I do may very well appear to you after you reflect upon what you've observed. It often happens that way when we focus on observing and reflecting. Many times the answer to what should I do will present itself. Another way to act is to listen well to high maintenance people. Ask good questions and look for meaning below the surface of their responses. And whatever you decide to do, be truthful and express the truth with kindness and compassion. Be honest. Tell the high-maintenance person what you can and can't do for them. Help them see the choices they have and the implications for each of them. And above all, point people to Jesus. Well, here's the main takeaway that I hope you remember from today's episode. Don't let high-maintenance people get the best of you. Use the aura principle of deepening relationships to relate with them. Observe, reflect, then act. It's a skill. And as with any skill, it just takes practice. In closing, I'd love to hear any thoughts you have about today's episode. I hope your thinking was stimulated by today's show, enough to put into practice what you just heard about relating with high-maintenance people. For when you do, it will help you experience the joy of relationships God designed for you. Because after all, and you know this, you were made for this. Well, that's all for today. If there's someone in your life you think might like to hear what you've just heard, please forward this episode on to them. 
The link is johnsertalic.com slash 177. And don't forget to spark a little relational sunshine around the people you meet this week. Spark some joy for them. And I'll see you again next time. Goodbye for now.